Blog Talk Radio. There's something about Germany, why I made a curator sick of the Hollywood French community. Unity, 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 What's going on, people? Listen, welcome to another great episode of TFR Podcast Live. That's TFR Podcast Live presents Observations by Crazy D with my special guest host, Tanya M. Congress. Let's see. How are you doing today? Let's check out the microphone, make sure everything is hitting. I am doing swellsy wellsy this morning. Got my tea, got my, I got a coffee and tea here, y'all. You know, it's just one of those mornings. Uh, but I do have ginger, fresh cut ginger and mint in my maca, matcha green tea this morning. And I'm, we're ready to bring you a information pack show. I was I was thinking this morning. I'm like, wow, we're on a a milestone. It's at episode 30, an even number. So that means to say episode 30 means that there are there is 60 hours of information uh, after this show. It'll be 60 hours of information, which is equivalent to taking. A college course. I think each semester, no, I think each year of a particular course, you get like 11 or 12 credits. You know, they have a certain amount of credits that contribute to a certain amount of hours. So if you were taking, if you were getting 60 hours in a typical college course, that would that would get you, I think it would get you very close to some type of degree um, in in having accumulated that number of hours. We are bringing you information to make the informed decisions because I think history has shown us that we cannot continue to do things the same way and expect things to change. Officially, that's one of the definitions of insanity. So unless we are admitting to being uh, insane, if we're insane on that level, then the government would then have another problem in financing the medications that we would all need uh, in order to sustain life, uh, as it were. So we have to do something. But sometimes you can't do anything if you don't have the information or you can't even get the, the passion. Sometimes you need the passion to want to do a thing, to want to get up and do something. You won't have the passion if you don't have the knowledge, nor will you have the know-how on how to get it done if you don't have a framework, a foundation. So I'm doing good. I'm ready to go. How are you doing this morning? I am doing. I'm doing as well as could be expected under the circumstances. You know, there's a lot of things that we're going to be covering today. So you need to smash the share button, or if you would, be so kind. Smash the share button. Smash the like button. We are broadcasting over Periscope, Vimeo, FB, 
and YouTube on the Film Review Life channel. Make sure you go there, smash the share button, smash the like button as we get started with this because we are bringing you information. What is the topic for today? American black suffrage to vote. American black suffrage to vote. The factual story. What is the factual story, right? Let's go through this real quick. Let's go through them. Turn my mic down just a little bit. Kamala Harris debates VP Mike Pence later today and TFR Podcast Live Observations takes a look at the right to vote. We take a look at the right to vote. Smash the share button now. What were the struggles? What stood in the way or who stood in the way? And how is 1877 used against us, part two, then, now, and into the future if we don't end it now? Grab your notebooks, tablets, smartphones to jot notes, and then do your research on the facts given. The hamster wheel politics, we're participating in or we're participating on freely is due to the buried knowledge called his story and our story told by those who won just a couple of battles. The war is not over. Just a few battles. You've only won one battle. But anyway, for those who know that reference there, where that comes from, right? So look, 213-943-3358, 213-943-3358. We're looking for those who, you know, are party affiliated, right? We're looking for those that are party affiliated to chime in and, uh, do their thing, right? That's interesting. All right, so we're looking for people to do their thing and call in. 213-943-3358. We have something going on here on the YouTube where the YouTube did not start. It's uh, interesting. They did something new, and they did not start. Started. Okay, well, we, no YouTube today. No problem. So we, we're still on uh, Periscope, Vimeo, and Facebook, all right? So we're going to have to figure that out. They changed over the the settings on YouTube. Thought we had it together, but no concern. All right, people. So let's look at this real quick, all right? August 20th is the 100th year of the 19th Amendment to the Constitution, which gave women the right to vote. It gave women the right to vote. So they want a woman in office, and Kamala, or as I like to call her, Kumala Harris is it. 
they were behind her so much that on her big coming out event when she was running for president, when she was going on now, the AKAs were placed in the back of her big coming out party, right? White supremacists forget nothing, but American blacks do. The elder women of AKA, Alpha Kappa Alpha Sorority Incorporated, had to pitch a B, and they were seated appropriately as the story goes. 1877 lives still today, right? Let's go. Let's go. Let's go without any further ado. Without any further ado, let's get into this, right? This is very important. Smash the share button because this is extremely important. We have to go through some definitions this morning. We have to do some definitions real quick this morning. The first the first is black suffrage. When we're talking about black suffrage, what is it? You know, you we often hear about the women's movement, right? But we seldom hear we hear about women's the women's suffrage movement. And most people hear that and they don't really know what it really means, but it's just something, something that means something, right? But what is black suffrage? Because the title of the show is American Black Suffrage to Vote the Factual Story. Two one three nine four three thirty three fifty eight. Black suffrage refers to American black people's right to vote, right? Black suffrage has long been an issue in countries established under conditions of, quote-unquote, black minorities, right? But when you know the definition of what minority means in government, American blacks have never been minority, really. Black men in the United States did not gain the right to vote until after the Civil War in 1870. The 15th Amendment was ratified to prohibit states from denying a male citizen the right based on race, color, or previous condition of servitude. Black suffrage in the United States in the aftermath of the American Civil War explicitly referred to the voting rights of black men only. Black women still had many hurdles to face before obtaining the right to vote, right? Now, People say, well, okay, suffrage, suffrage. What is suffrage? Okay, suffrage, the right to vote in political elections. That's what suffrage is. Archaic definition, secondary, a vote given in assent to a proposal or in favor of the election of a particular person. Um, Archaic Three, a series of intercessionary 
prayers or partitions. Intercessionary prayers or partitions. So you see, all of these words seem to have some type of biblical meaning to them. Suffrage. All right. Let's move. Now, here's where the rubber hits the road, where it begins to hit the road as we get into the smash the share button because we are bringing information today. Smash the like button. Here we go. The passage of the 19th Amendment, which was ratified by the United States Congress on August 18th and then certified as law on August 26, 1920, typically, I mean, technically, granted women, quote-unquote women, the right to vote. However, the 19th Amendment did not initially extend to American black women because of widespread voter suppression enacted against American black women and other women non-white. It wasn't until the Voting Rights Act was passed nearly a half a century later on August 6, 1965, that American black women were, in practice, able to exercise their right to vote. All right. Now, let that sit. Let that sit for a minute as I come in. So, This whole year, starting in August 2020, they were celebrating. It was supposed to be a big celebration for women for the right to vote. But guess what, American black woman? You were not included, though, though you were responsible. You were responsible and in head of the movement to see the right for women to vote, the right for American black women to vote. So that means that someone or some organizations are lying to you when they put up those posters, I mean, put up those ads, and they say, Sojourner Truth, Harriet Tubman, Ida B. Wells, all of these women fought for women's suffrage for the right to vote. Let that sit for a minute. American black suffrage to vote, the factual story. Do you want the factual story or do you want the, I cannot tell a lie, I chopped down the cherry tree, Papa. And George Washington was such an honest person, but later he chipped the teeth out of his slaves to make his choppers. Do you want the factual story or do you want the fabricated, prefabricated story like, you know, the stars and stripes and who actually really sold it? Which one would you like? Would you like the factual story? Well, we're bringing the factual story. Smash the share button. Smash the share button. Smash the share button. Smash the like button. Subscribe to all platforms. The Film Review Life Channel. What you got to say so far? 
I think um, when you ask that question, it's brought to mind that we're living in a society now, even amongst our people, where everything is about this comfort. Uh, I want to be comfortable. I want to be comfortable. And so with that being said, um, we have resolved ourselves to, you know, uh, being a pacifist in a lot of ways, being a pacifist or slash passive aggressive. Mm-hmm. Because what happens is we all sit on our laurels until uh, something happens, and then uh, we we get out there and we march, and a couple of places get looted, a couple of people get shot, and then there's no legislation to change. And then when there was legislation, you know, uh, it was mostly your people, those of you who are uh, Biden slated. Um, your Democratic Party to slap down uh, the Tim Scott legislation that he had come up with, you know, to revamp the law enforcement. So y'all slap that down. And so here we are, you know, we have several battles going on, and we are not making the decisions that benefit us. This is what the problem is. And so are you I, – I, I need the question answered are you in a comfort zone because you become desensitized, you become um, used to being raped, uh, used to being mistreated, used to, to having narcissists impose their narcissistic behavior on you, or are you battle fatigued? Are you, uh, what is it? that will cause you, and I'm talking about good-minded folks. I was screaming it a couple of episodes back. But I'm talking about people with good sense. I'm talking about ingenious people. I'm talking about people who can solve, they can do trigonometry, and they can do calculus, and they can do all of these different solving of equations and problems, and they're chemists. They're, they do things in labs. They, they do, but when it comes to this, there's some kind of block as to why we're not making the right decisions concerning us um, in election times and things like this. And we have to look back. This is so wonderful because we have to look back on our history. We have to truly know where we come from. And I know uh, most of y'all, when we talk about you got to know where you came from before you know where you're going, y'all think of Africa. You don't have no ties to Africa. A lot of you have no ties to Africa. I don't have any ties to Africa. I don't know of anybody, as far back as I know of my family, I don't know of anybody that came from there. And and I'm not knocking nobody whose family is. Get my point. My point is we are not close enough tied in, in the, you know, in the bloodline for it to even matter. We've been here. I was born here, right? And I don't know anything about anywhere else. You know, I've traveled other places, but this is where I live. So where I live is what should serve me. All right? And let's be clear. The government is to serve us. I don't know if y'all knew that. They're supposed to be in place to serve us. They're supposed to serve the people. All people, though. Not just one segment of people. So, but I think that you become comfortable, complacent, uh, passive-aggressive, and pacifist, more so than anything. And so, if I was going to make a choice, you know, I'm hoping I'm going to go the way I want the truth. I don't want some flowery story that leaves out the details. I want the truth because I need the details in order to make 
the decisions that will not take me in the same mistake and keep me on the same hamster's wheel that I'm not on anymore. But, you know, I'm not going to go on one either. So I would need all the truth. All the truth. 213-943-3358. Now, we often talk about on TFR Podcast Live on Sundays. That's hashtag TFR Podcast Live. Movies, music, culture, politics, society, podcast. We often talk about we often talk about American black historical figures. We have to talk about that, right? We have to talk about the American black historical figures, right? Do you know who these these four women are and this one man, probably a couple of them you can probably figure out quickly, you know, because, you know, they're well known and mentioned in history, but others not so much, and you might not know who you're looking at. So here, we here at TFR Podcast Live, I'm making sure that you know who these people are. These people, these five persons were instrumental in American black, in the American black suffrage movement to vote, right? Starting from left to right, Sojourner Truth. Am I, ain't I a woman, Sojourner Truth? Frederick Douglass. Everyone knows Frederick Douglass. Like who? Who doesn't hasn't seen that man? Next one is Frances Ellen Watkins Harper. Then Ida B. Wells Barnett and Mary Church Terrell. Right? These five people were instrumental in the. American Black Suffrage Movement, right? And we've already told you what suffrage is, and we've already told you that American Black women really did not get the right to vote until 1965. So the Voter Rights Act allowed all who were American Black the right to vote. Right, basically a hundred years after being free, American black women got the right to vote. So anyone who is telling you that American black women got the right to vote with the suffrage movement, right, August 26th, right, and on August 26th, 1920, they are lying to you. Smash the share button, smash the like button. And I might even go 
even further and say, early suffragists, you know, it's kind of like suffragists. That's what they call themselves. It's kind of like racist. Early suffragists sold out black women, people like Susan B. Anthony and Elizabeth uh, Caddy Staten. Early suffragists sold American black women out where it pertains to the vote. And yesterday we told you that some AKAs broke away from the AKAs and formed Delta Sigma Theta in 1913 to be able to march. And I'm sure people were like, come on, really? Did that really happen? Did that happen? The answer is yes. So remember these five great American black figures. It's very important, right? It's very important even in the time of COVID as we find out that we, they just released a meme and it came out that COVID is now airborne and can travel past six feet. So you really, yes, but they said it is now airborne and can travel past six it usually lingered in the air, but I guess now it can float in the air, right? So this this came out, and, you know, this is getting you ready to take the vaccine. All of this falls right into what we're talking about, right? It's about how stories are told and how they are crafted to get you to move, to make you believe something, to make you get out and vote your worst interest. Okay, here's another. This this meme came from my sister. Here is your vaccine. Here is your vaccine. And there's some people that will argue you up and down about that. And I've been on uh, web discussions with people who will argue you up and down and say that that's not true, that that's wrong. And I remember speaking to one that said they were going to take the take the uh, vaccine, be, be part of the vaccine trial. So I, I had a question about that, and it came to me the other day. And I'm going to ask you, Tom. You know, unlike people who have HIV already, and they may be trying to do a vaccine for HIV, people already have it, and they go into the trial. You know, some get placebo and others actually get the experimental treatment, right? If someone goes into clinical trials who do does who do not a person does not have COVID nineteen novel coronavirus, they don't have it, and it's a chance that they may give you either the placebo or give you the actual drug, the actual test drug that tested. That means, one, that they would have to, if you don't have it, they would have to inject you first with the live virus. Am I wrong on that? I mean, people who are professionals in the healthcare field, who are scientists, you can call up 213-943-3358 
because we really need to know this. If you don't have it, then they've got to shoot you with the live virus first, let it incubate inside of you, and then give you either the placebo or the actual experimental drug. And my question to you is, if they actually have to shoot it in the person, is that potential suicide? Is that person committing suicide by willfully knowing that they have to first take the live virus, then get either possibly a placebo or a the actual experimental, and the experimental may not work. The placebo is definitely not going to work. And what are they going to do for the people who they gave the live virus to, but they gave them a placebo? Is that not, just looking at it, is that not on one side murder and on the other side sideways suicide? What do you think about that? Well, the discussion itself is nothing short of comical. Um, <laughs> it's comical to me because now that's been a hot button. Vaccines, period, has been a hot button for me for about 15 or so years, any type of vaccine, because it's the same principle as the flu vaccine where they're injecting you with a dead, a so-called dead version of the virus, and I'm assuming it's to trick the body into believing, now this is the most ridiculous thing ever, to trick the body into believing that the virus has already been there, and then, therefore, the virus will bypass the body. This is my problem. People who get the blue vaccine sometimes still get the flu.
to make it worth your while. I bet you they're paying top. I'm going to find out how much they're paying for these trials. I bet you they're paying top dollar for these trials. I bet you these people are going to check for like $500, dollars or something. And that's still not enough for your life. It's not enough. So, no, I wouldn't do it. I'm not going to do it when they do put it in place. And they, now they've gotten the fear. You know, they put the feelers out there uh, on some of the news things that, you know, uh, it's going to be mandatory. They're ruling out a mandatory plan. Ain't nothing mandatory for me. You're not shooting me with nothing. Now, we're going to go toe-to-toe on that and whatever the consequences are, they'll be. I'm not taking no vaccine. But is it, but is it suicide to... Is it suicide? Is it suicide? It is because for the people who are getting the placebo, what is the placebo supposed to treat? So in order for the trial to be foolproof, you have to have the virus so that whether you're injecting the uh, vaccine itself or the placebo, um, the person then, if they're getting the placebo, they're believing they're getting the vaccine. So what happens then? You have a version of the virus sitting up in your body and it's getting ready to take you out of here unless they got some kind of backup plan of treatment of what they're going to do if the person automatically looks like they're about to kick the bucket. They must have some kind of backup. Else they're going to be liable like a mother. They're going to be liable. No, but you signed your life away. Right? I mean, you signed the paper. You say that you are not, et cetera, et cetera, right? The secret to change is to focus all your energy not on fighting the old but building the new. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. But you know what? you got to know where you've been to know what you're building new. So you have to not focus on the old because there's nothing that you can do about it, but you need to know about the old to know where you're going to make something new. Because if not, you're going to be perpetually on that hamster wheel, right? Perpetually doing the same things over again. It got you exactly nowhere, exactly nowhere fast, right? So let's get to hitting the rubber to the road now, right? Let's go up here. Now, we have to, we have to do this real quick. I have to go back a bit so that you will know where you will have context of what we're talking about, right? So we're not here at the confessions of the, of the what's the name? We're going back just a little, just a little. Let me back it up just a little, and then we're going to begin, right? This is to let you have context of what we're talking about, because everything is based on 1873. You have to know what came before so that you can know how to so All right, all right. So that gives context right there to what we're talking about, right? It gives it gives context to what we're talking about, right? Now, let's move forward. Well, let's move back 
a little bit and then move forward. So that's 1877, and they're talking about putting people back into a slave state. They knew they couldn't put them back on plantations. They knew they couldn't put us back on plantations because we had tasted free being free. But they could put us in a state of free dumb, a state of free dumb, right? So they knew that they couldn't, so they had to put us in the state, and they said that our minds were not able to be productive because they were small. All of this was eugenics science, right? All of this is eugenics science. All of this is going along at the same time to effectively for those who wanted to keep American black people as an economic source and not necessarily a force of upward advancement for the group of American blacks, they pushed these eugenicist ideas. But we have to back up a little bit. Look up um, look up Harper's Ferry for me. Look up Harper's Ferry and tell me who was involved in Harper's Ferry. Harper's Ferry, people. Very pivotal pivotal event that led into the Civil War. That's right. So we have to go back just a little bit because this show is like part two from the show yesterday, but we're talking about American black suffrage to vote, the factual story. So we have to go back a little bit in time before we move forward, right? We've already established 1877 as a demarcation point. We need to go back. When did Harper's Ferry take place and who's involved with Harper's Ferry, if you would? Um, uh, John Brown, which you mentioned yesterday well, with the movie uh, The Good Little Bird that I'm looking for. Um, and he it was an effort by abolitionist John Brown from October 16 to 18, 1859, to initiate a slave revolt in southern states by taking over the United States arsenal at Harper's Ferry, Virginia. It's been called the dress rehearsal for, for a tragic prelude to the Civil War. There we go, people. 1859. 1859, 1860. Now, when did the Civil War kick off? Let's go through that. So 1859, prelude to the Civil War, right? Harper's Ferry, John Brown, right? When did the Civil War kick off? We have to have context. We have to have demarcation. Points like they teach you in the history books, but they really don't teach you years, which is a way to not let you realize to deal contemporary history 
especially with the contemporary minds that came that were born in the 1800s that came into the 20th century in the 1900s being thought leaders. So when did the Civil War kick off? Uh, 1861 uh, to 1865. 1861 to 1865 with the Emancipation Proclamation and then the 13th, 14th, 15th, 15th Amendment. This is contemporary history, people. You have to know it. So you're looking at 1859. You're looking at 1861 to 1865, 1817. By 1817, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment were already ratified and placed into law, right? The 15th Amendment gave the black man the right to vote, but it would take half a century until more than half a century until the black woman got the right to vote. The American black woman got the right to vote, and they are lying to you. What is the name of the show? American Black Suffrage to Vote, the factual story. Smash the share button, the like button, tag your people in it. Make sure that you subscribe to the Film Review Life channel where Due to technical difficulties today, you're going to, when I put it up, you're going to get all the bells and whistles version with the music rolling underneath us. You get to see the full editing prowess of Crazy D when you hear the finished one, like the ones that you hear on Spotify. Right? When you go to Spotify, you hear the finished version. Go over to Spotify, hashtag TFR Podcast Live. OB episode, whichever episodes you want, or just hashtag that search and all the episodes come up right up on Spotify or any of your favorite podcast providers. We're on all of them, but Spotify is where we push for this show, right? So listen, let's go over it again. Dates, 1977. Because they were in fear that they would not have their base any longer, their economic base anymore, that they chose, because they didn't think they would have that economic base any longer, they chose to say that American black people were inferior in mind, strong in body, and that they were best not kept as a as a protected class, but as a servitude class. And what we showed you yesterday is all of that and the fight to not be seen and to be self-determined is what we showed you yesterday. Today we are showing you about the American black suffrage to vote, the factual story. Smash the share button. Right, so that was 1877. That's the demarcation point. That's after Emancipation Proclamation, 13, 14, 15th Amendment. Now, but let's back up. 1859, John Brown, an abolitionist, 
kicking off, initiating what would be later the initiating spark, because there's always a spark. Benjamin Banneker caught it in the, and he was the spark for the Revolutionary War. Not Benjamin Banneker. Crispus Attucks. I keep on getting the maker of the Armanac mixed up with Crispus Attucks. He catches the first bullet and it kicks off the Revolutionary War. And this right here kicks off is the initiating event that two years later was the initiating spark that caused two years later the Civil War to begin. So there is a television program, and we've been telling you that there are certain television programs that you should watch. They fill in the blanks because they bring historical facts within the narrative of the fiction. It's the fiction, but it's fiction based on fact, right? So there is a new program on Showtime. And it is called, what is it called? It is called the Good Lord Bird. It's called the Good Lord Bird, right? Ethan Hawke stars as uh, John Brown. And hold your seats. This is the trailer, and we're going to play the trailer. If you are a little squeamish, this is viewer express uh, viewer viewer discretion is advised. But here we go. Here we go. On their side in the trouble is God ain't telling nobody who we fuck. My day is Captain John Brown. Whatever he believed, he believed. Didn't matter if it was true or not. The old man was nuttier than squirrel turd. Okay. Okay, so look. So that is the open now. Now the music. Now what's interesting about the music is those voices that you hear are sound like Native American chanting, but those voices are most definitely African, or what I would say, Black American Black. So when you hear that, and you hear the drums, right? And this is pumping you up. And when I first saw this trailer last year, because we talked about this trailer last year on hashtag TFR Podcast Live, Movies, Music, Culture, Politics, Society Podcast, we talked about it last year, and I said, this is the wrong thing to be releasing during this time period because when you watch it and you listen to it and you're hearing it and you're hearing what he's saying, and remember a couple of episodes Ago, I said, where is the prayer or the battle? 
Where's the prayer for the war? And when you watch this, when we watch the first episode, my wife and I, it's even more intense than the trailer, and that is hard to say. This is a hard-hitting show that is telling an uncomfortable truth about the way it has to be if there is no room for debate and compromise on the end of those who choose to oppress. So this show coming on is it's just an amazing piece. And so this is 1850, I'm just going to go range from 1856 to 1859, right, leading up to Harper's Ferry, right? And it goes behind the scenes inside of John Brown's uh, people, his sons, all that, how things actually kicked off, how they actually happened, but it is with an entertainment, but it fills in gaps for those who might not necessarily want to read, right? The good Lord bird. Let, let's continue, right? Truth in movies. 
We, we've told you that. So Blazing Saddles is a comedy. If you have never seen Blazing Saddles, you have to watch Blazing Saddles because it was co-written by Richard Pryor, and Richard Pryor was weaving in certain uncomfortable truths, facts, into the Mel Brooks production. Couldn't be made today because people are so sensitive. But let's let's go through it as we uh, continue on, as we build this. So now we're up to 1866. See, we're taking you through history, and we're showing you what it is. And what you notice when you go through history, when you really research his story and our story, you find that we have been self-starting and self-determined since, 
and he kills up some whites. You don't see the scene, but it's told in context, right? It's told in conversation. And he says, why why should I fight? I just want to try to get the Canada to be free, but he's telling me I have to fight. You see? So here it is. It's still this, even though you're talking about anarchists and going against the fascists, it's still an ownership there that they still own you to the point where they can tell you, don't talk to somebody that looks like you that's a police officer. That is a problem, and we told you. We showed you the information where either side is going to go back and watch episodes one through 29, and we're on 30 now, right? As my sister said, 60 hours of information, right? Let's continue. So through visuals, we're showing you this. Now, watch Crazy D's ability to cut, ready, to edit. Here we go. What do you think of Barack Obama being president? What the fuck? Barack Obama is a Remember, we asked weeks ago, like 
how is it that BLM is able to be in all of these different places? Like, where are they getting their where are they getting their funding from to be able to move in all these different spaces? They're overseas. They're this. They're there. They're everywhere because these pipelines exist from way back in 1913, because this is what they're going to describe what's happening in England at the time is what's happening over in the United States in 1913. As we get to the march, the women's suffrage march in Washington, D.C., the connection between the two you can see the connection, and what did these women do that were in the suffrage movement? They were burning things. They were destroying things. There is nothing new under the sun. There is nothing new under the sun. It's just that you don't know about it because they have buried it in the history that they teach or the history that they don't teach, right? So here it is. They burnt buildings, they had, they they did all kinds of defacing type of things. Doesn't that sound like Antifa and the white run, the now white face of BLM? See, we're putting the pieces together. All you had to do is just get the facts and make your mind state, get off the hamster wheel in your mind set, Matter of fact, check the phones real quick to make sure that they can hear me, Tanya. You've got to check the phone. So 213-943-3358. Please, if you're going to call in, don't call in at the end of the show because we want to have a robust discussion with you and get your viewpoints. So do not call in two minutes to the end of the show because, you know, the two-minute drill it's cool, but we would like more of a context with you, 10 minutes at least, right? So that's what it is. So can you hear? Can you hear me? Okay, that's thumbs up. All right, 213-943-3358. So look, you see what is happening in this clip that's telling you about 1913 over England, but we're going to bring it over to the United States, but we want to give you context to what you're seeing when you see an organization that is here, there, and it seems like it's everywhere around the globe. How did it get there? How did it get there? So let's let's continue on. Let me back this up just a little bit so you can see exactly what what's going on and see if don't you see a parallel between this so let, let, let's play fits in science but it was their radical actions that made them notorious they smashed windows destroyed fine art and set fire to the houses of their political opponents all in the name of keeping their fight on the front page of the paper and in the minds of the public Newsreels from the time show the destruction the suffragettes left behind. But there's one act that stands out above the rest. It took place in 1913 at one of the most popular sporting events of the year, a horse race, where newsreel cameras captured a lone figure stepping onto the racetrack 
She's holding a suffragette flag. Okay. Okay. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Anyone, any, anyone who would do that, who would throw themselves in front of a horse, I don't know how, how fast. Look up how fast a horse gallops during a horse race. Uh, you know, that's, that's one horsepower. How fast is a horse galloping in a horse race? Look that up. I mean, that's just. That's just amazing to me that someone would be so fanatical that they would throw themselves in front of a horse. Like, how fast is a horse going at one horse speed? Oh, wait a minute. Let, let, let me. Okay, let me, go ahead. Say it. 30 miles per hour. A horse is galloping. One horsepower is. 30 miles per hour, and this woman jumps out in front of the horse, stands there, collapses the horse and the jockey and herself, could have killed the jockey, and in most people's opinions at that time, the owner of the horse was more important, more worried about the horse and making sure his limbs wasn't weren't broke. So they really damaged property. She really damaged something that was more valuable to the owner than her and the jockey combined. We just have to keep factual, factual. If she would jump out there and put her life in jeopardy, that's like getting hit by a car going 30 miles per Hour. The torque of it is the same. The difference is it's muscle and flesh versus steel and metal, but it is still the same velocity and torque, and it's 30 miles per hour, and it is smacking you down. And for you to be that fanatical, there are people out here that are still that fanatical. What do you think is really going on and why they are covering up this history that you didn't know? Now, I've never heard Harriet Tubman went in and freed 70 slaves, and we've had other people, Sojourner True, you know, she pulled back, ain't I a woman? We've heard and seen all that, but I have not seen. I've seen black women jump in and cover up people when they're getting beat. I have never seen a black woman go out there fanatically like that and go do something like that. They didn't have to do with self-defense or defending the whole, right, defending a person, defending the people. I've seen that. I've never seen someone go out there and put life and limb in jeopardy and possibly kill a horse and kill the human jockey. Let's continue on. She's holding a suffragette flag. So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to do something that's only going to benefit black people. One more. Now, what does, what does Kamala, I'm going to be nice, they, 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 the, the, the Dixie Crat lovers, they say Kamala. I'm still going to say Kumo, Kamula, Kamula, because she's 
Indian. She's not black. What does Kumala have to do with this woman's suffrage movement, right? I've already told you at the top, but we will go back over it again, right? We will go back over it again. The women, the women's movement, it's no longer suffrage because they have the right to vote, but the women's movement, you know, the one that Tamika Mallory fell out with because they weren't including the desires and wants of American black women into it, so she fell out with them, or they fell out with her, I will say, because her what she was saying they did not want to hear, right? The woman's right to vote, the woman's movement today, they want to see a woman in office. And, you know, sometimes you ask the question, how come Biden sometimes switches up and makes a mistake and say Harris Biden instead of Biden Harris? Because they're in talks to make this transition. Anyone can see this, that they're in talks to make this transition so that she will be the first woman. However, they want to get a woman in the presidency in 2020 to go along with the 100 years of women's suffrage. And it doesn't matter what woman it is, as long as it is a woman. And we know that Kumala, Kumala, Kamala, for those who are so in love with the Dixies, she does not stand for American black people. And what did the women's suffrage movement do to American black women? We alluded to it yesterday, but they after they got their 19th Amendment, they did not fight for American black women to, they didn't go out there and push as hard. They didn't go break windows. They didn't jump in front of horses, cars. They didn't deface artwork. They didn't burn things down to make sure that their sisters in the struggle for the right to vote could stand right alongside them to vote at the same time. And let me add that when black men got the right to vote with the 15th Amendment, those same suffrages were fighting against the American black man getting the 15th Amendment before they got their amendment. They wanted to vote first. So before we go on, because this right here is the finishing point right here to this piece, and it talks about March 13th, and we mentioned that yesterday, but we're going to go into more detail. Smash the share button. This is what you need to know. The things that they are saying to you that they are sugarcoating and sanitizing and whitewashing and we shouldn't want anything whitewashed because I don't believe in things being dark, being bad. I believe in things being pale and white, underbelly, being evil, and coming from out of the darkness, life comes from out of the darkness. Mm-hmm. You know, um, we keep giving you, this is adding and compiling 
to the list of reasons why we should sit this one out. Now, that's not necessarily the topic of the show, but it all leads to, all of it leads to the fact that we keep on giving you things historically, both uh, past, present, and future. Some was near past, so it wasn't so long ago. Um, and we keep giving you the reasons why, the repetitive reasons why stuff keeps happening over and over again. We already outlined to you yesterday that by 1877, they were trying to find a way to re-entangle us in slavery. And so here we are, again, giving you another facet of how they were keeping us in a certain place. So whether you're behind bars or you're walking here, there to a certain degree, there is still slavery. As long as we're not free to roam and do everything that everybody else does with equal footing, equal opportunity, that equal opportunity employer stuff, that's still not equal opportunity. You know, it's still not equal opportunity. It may be it's equal opportunity to go into someone else's vision and still be a slave. It's an equal opportunity to be a slave. Equal opportunity slavery, that's what it is. Okay? And what made it equal is you have white and black and every nationality in that. But we are supposed to have our own finances, our own properties, properties plural, our own lands, plural. We're supposed to have our own money to be able to support and maintain such things. This is what we're talking about, and we don't have it yet. And so it it had to uh, come to the minds of to the powers that be and their descendants, because their descendants know their history. Their descendants know that great-granddad did this. Their descendants know that great-grandfather, great-great-grandfathers were slave owners. Their descendants know that they got old money in the family. It's old because it came by way of at our expense. They know, right? So it has to come a time. I wonder, I, I, I'm thinking, I'm thinking that there has to be a present, it's not a past thought, that we have to keep these people right here. Because if they ever get loose and have the same things that we have, we're done. What's so sad about that is we don't possess the kind of wickedness of heart as those who perpetually keep us enslaved. So we don't have that kind of wickedness of heart to even want to come back and come for you like that. We just want our just due. Your problem with us wanting our just due is we're due 95%. (laughs) She was holding a suffragette flag. So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to do something that's only going to benefit black people. On March 3rd, 1913, protesters parted for the women in white. Dressed in a flowing cape and sitting astride a white horse, the activist, Inez Milhan, was hard to miss. She was riding at the helm of the women's suffrage party, the first mass protest for a woman's right to vote. Okay, I have to stop that real quick because this is a piece that's celebrating women's suffrage, right? But Neil Howland is a immigrant name. 
we've been bringing the context to you. These are people who have not been in the country as long as the country have been in existence. And these people are allowed to step over and be over American black people. Have we drowned, have we drilled this message home enough to you yet? This woman is an immigrant. She comes in on a white horse. She, I, I could hardly tell by her face, just my observation opinion, it doesn't look to me much like a woman to me. I mean, just facial features alone. It, like when you go, like there's a, there's, a, uh, there's a page that you have to check out, the website. It says uh, how early... Suffragists sold out black women. How early suffragists sold out black women. After the show, go check that out. Just Google it. Susan B. Anthony is sitting there with uh, Elizabeth Caddy Staten. And when you look at these two women, you like, no wonder they are. That's just my, my observation of looking as a person is looking just my observation is no way. It's like, oh, my God. And then when you compare them, when you compare them, like there's always has to be some comparison because they were comparing, comparing struggle and did not validate the black struggle. So thus, I don't have to validate their struggle as far as it looks. But when you look at our women who were fighting it, all different types of shades. When you look at the males that are fighting it, the appearance is that is not that of a, my opinion, my observation, witchy hags. That's right. Not witchy hags. No witchy hags at all, okay? So when you're looking at it and you see these different names come across, you're like, these are people who had even, they came over on the on the boat through Ellis Island, and then they were able to advance up over American blacks who built the boy. Can we get you any closer to realizing what we are up against? What's that song? Something. And the reason why we're going to be here, uh, we won't be here, but 100 years later, we're going to still be saying the same thing. Somebody else is going to be sitting up. You're going to be having a chip in your arm. You're going to be able to push, and you're going to see a screen come up, and you're going to be watching the people, and they're going to be saying the same thing because for some reason, some people didn't want to get off the hamster wheel, didn't want to take the information to say, I'm going to say there's a yay, there's a nay, and there's an abstain. And I'm going to abstain because all of this has been BS as far as I could throw you. It's been BS. As far as I could throw you, it's been BS. So let's continue on. Now, watch carefully. We, we talked about this yesterday, but you have to watch carefully. I'm going to back it up a little bit because you have to look at the woman on the horse. If you can loosely call her, in my opinion, a woman, and look at that, look at that, 
if you could loosely, that looks like Stan Laurel from Laurel and Hart. Just my opinion. I know that people's family members still exist and they've got money, but they had to come in a white horse. My opinion, my observation, they came in on a white horse and a white cape. Everything had to be white. I mean, I, we could have been dressed in black all the way down and been looking way better than that. The sisters. Matter of fact, the sisters did. But anyway, let's play this. Let's continue. At a white horse, the accident, he has no harm, was far to miss. She was riding at the helm of the women's suffrage parade, the first mass protest for a woman's right to vote on a national scale. However, in planning the parade, Paul mainly focused on appealing to white women from all backgrounds, including those who were racist. She actively discouraged African-American activists and organizations from participating and stated that those who did so should march in the back. But black women did not be made invisible in a national movement they helped shape. On the day of the march, Ida B. Ralph Barnett, a groundbreaking investigative journalist and anti-lynching advocate, refused to march of them and proudly marched under the Illinois banner. The co-founder of the NAACP, Mary Church Terrell, joined the parade with 22 founders of the Delta Sigma Theta Sorority, an organization created by female students from Howard University. In these ways and more, Black women persevered despite deep hostility from white women in the movement and at great political and physical risk. So I'm not going to sit here and say I'm going to do something that's only going to benefit black people. All right. Okay. So I don't know how much more that we can drill this home. How much more we can drill this home to you. This is what we're looking at here, this is what we are looking at. We are looking at Kumala Harris. She says she will not do anything just for black people. That's when she was running for president, and they're trying to do this shit. And she is backed by the women's movement today to try to get that hundred year anniversary. This is what this is about. This is not about being black. It's not about being black. She already told you she comes from immigrants now. When she was running, she was up there talking about she smoked weed and listened to Tupac and Snoop Dogg while she was in college. But when she was in college, Snoop Dogg and Tupac were kind of just still kind of coming out of diapers, figuratively speaking. So you see what this is about. We, we have to bring it to you, right? So what happened again? Remember, the racism, racism is to keep you in a constant state of aggravation. That's what a racist does. White supremacy is to keep you in a constant state of aggravation. The racist, the white supremacist does not forget the history. We forget the history. And this is the problem. So remember, her big coming out, they were behind her, the women's movement, all of the AKAs. Where were they placed initially? Where were where where did they tell the AKAs that they could march during the women's 
suffrage march in Washington where they could march in the back. Where were the AKAs that this woman belongs to coming from Howard University? The Deltas were there too, right? But she went AKA because they know the history better than you. And then they lie to you and say that that's not the way it is. She chose AKA, and then when the AKA mothers, the elders came, they had them in the back. Racist, white supremacists, don't forget. We forget. They don't forget. And it's to keep you through generations in a constant state of aggravation. Even though they were finally sat in their appropriate place up front, being that she's supposed to represent them, at least that's where the story went. They might have got up and left when they put a spin on it to make it sound good. However it happened, they would say that, but it was still a source of aggravation, and that's when people should have shut down then. But I noticed that the the AK organization, the AKA organization, I haven't seen them too much pushing, but I have seen the Deltas pushing. This is going back, people. This is going back to the 1900s, the beginning of the 20th century. We are in the 21st century. This is nearly, this is nearly over. 100 years, right? It's over 100 years, 1913 to 2013 would have been 100 years for this. It's over 100 years this incident. But their right to vote came in 1920. It's 100 years. They are not playing with this, but what they deserve for what they've done is a abstain and a no vote to Harris Biden. It's no more clearer than we can we can put it to you than this. This is it. This is this is no. This is for all the marbles. This this is this is for this is it. This is it. This is no more clearer than we can put it. There's no way you can re reinvestigate the facts and try to flip them around any other kind of way you want. White supremacists, supremacists. Races, don't forget history. We forget history. We don't know this because they don't teach it to us. But when you, there's such a thing called Google. And if you were good at researching when you were in school, you should be able to pull this information up and put it together and be able to get your facts. Get off the hamster wheel of emotion. Kamala Harris, Kamala, Kamala. Kumala, as I like to say. She is emotion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's a it's an emotional situation happening on their hamster wheel. You have to get out that mindset they have you in. Stop the electrical inertia by shifting your inertia as the hamster. Get off the hamster wheel. Stand straight up, upright as a human being, and stand in mind. State, gathering facts, uh, catch, analyze, shoot. What you got to say?
It's simply, I had looked up her name because we, we use it and we, we play around with the enunciation of it or whatever. So I went and looked it up. I like looking up the meaning of names. It means a lot. And when when you when the parents if they're if they're uh, in tune and spiritually inclined they name you and you actually grow into that name you become that name in some way and her name simply means pale red face that's all her name means pale red face so that that is speaking to the Indian heritage because a lot of times they are named according to the appearance, the aesthetic appearance of the child um, for women and then for girl children and then for the boys, they name them uh, in names that refer back to a warrior type name or uh, whatever they name them, they tend to be. Like if, if you named your son, the son's name means tenderhearted. Well, he's going to be kind of soft as far as not necessarily gay, but soft-hearted and kind-hearted and easy to forgive and not very warring, where you have other words like like my brother's name means warrior. Well, that's all he's been all his life, and I'm sure my mother is very in tune and how she named me. My name means invaluable, beyond praise. You can't put a price tag on me. And that's exactly how I manifest in life. So, you know, she just simply means pale and red face, so that's it. So you have to take her at face value. You see, people, so we can't cut this any further. You have to go back. We gave you dates. We gave you the information to go research these dates and how they all fall in line to one another. You can't, I mean, no matter how you flip it around, unless you throw some lies in there, you can't cut this any other kind of way. It's the way that it is, and the makeup of Kumala, Kamala, Kumala, I'll say, is one of the oppressor. She doesn't come from us, but she used Howard and the AKAs to get that swag, but she's no different than the white suffragist. Sounds like racist, but the white suffragist, the women who didn't want black women in, who threw stones, who wanted you to walk in the back, be in the back of the bus, be subjugated, because 1877 said that you only deserve to be not a protected class, but a class in servitude. I mean, this is what this is about, and, you know, this is what this is about. You've got a segregationist who did wrong by the community. He's from the thought of 1877. You've got a woman who is of Indian and Jamaican, not Indian American and Jamaican American, but Indian from India immigrant and Jamaican immigrant parents, lineage, which means that she doesn't care 
really about you. And she showed what she was about when she was AG, right? She showed what she was about when she was AG. Now, anyone who doesn't know what history is about, anyone who doesn't know that to know where you're going, you have to know where you're been. If a person says that, then they don't know anything about what history is supposed to be about and what you use the story of what happened in the past to do to better the future. So anyone who says that coming out, the gate is thoroughly and totally miseducated, right? To know where you've been, you have to know where you're going. We have a phone call, 647-647-647, you're on the line. Who are we speaking with? 647, oh, maybe they're just listening. I think they're just listening because they didn't push, they didn't press the, uh, they didn't press the uh, want to do a comment. Okay. So, look, anyone who comes across and says that you don't need to know the past to be able to, to, be able to do something new in the future, you are wrong. You are 100% wrong. You are thoroughly wrong, and that is not someone that I would even listen to, because you have to know what happened in the past to know what's happening in the future, right? So what has happened in the past is 1877. We can start right there. That's modern. That's modern time. We can go back further, but 1877, after the Emancipation Proclamation, the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendment, then you get to 1877 and them classifying black people as inferior to keep them in their place so they wouldn't have ownership, wouldn't have power, wouldn't be self-determined, but we still got our damn we're self-determined. Anyone that is against that, that aligns with the other side that has been against it, the liberal side, the anarchist side, you see what the women's suffrage movement, what, what they were? They wanted to destroy society until they got their way. They, and if they didn't get their way, they would have wanted to see the state fall. They were anarchists. Then you had people on the accelerationist side that felt the same way who joined in with the movement like, like the Proud Boys did with BLM in, in uh, Utah <laughs> a week ago. You see, history keeps repeating itself, and it's so entertaining, but it's so, you're like, oh, man, really? 
history keeps repeating itself. They keep on doing the same things, and it will be entertaining except for it's detrimental because most of the people don't get it. So we're here to tell you to know what happened in the past is to know where you're headed in the future. Okay, the person on 647 said they do want to comment. So let's see what's happening with 647. 647, 647, 647, you're on the line. How you doing? 647. Can you hear me? Yeah, what's your name? Yeah. Name is Patrick. I'm calling you from Patrick. Okay. You're calling from? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I'm calling from Toronto. Toronto, Canada. Oh, Toronto, Canada. Okay, how you doing there? What's on your mind? I'm doing all right. Um, Just want to say that. You know, the historical context of all of this and voting is great. And for those who want to, you know, study and research, I I think it's it's, it's really important. Um, however, the young people are moving at light speed compared to where, the way we used to move. So, you know, as far as politics, let's say um, you guys were talking about Ms. Harris, the young people had fettered out her record a couple, what, since 2017? And they plastered it all over the Internet and all over social media. So they had Miss Harris pegged a long time ago. And we saw it during her campaign. There was major activity online as it related to her and her record um, as Attorney General of California. And I, you know, things that I didn't know, the young people knew, right? And they were pushing people to understand who she was and what she did. And so her campaign was never going anywhere. As a matter of fact, when they were in the primary debate, Tulsi Gabbard went after her with what she learned online, what was being said online about her by our younger people. The younger people were way on top, on top of this a, a while ago. And so I just wanted to give a shout-out to those young people, our young people, who seem to be very uh, active online and, and very active with putting out, getting out information. And um, I think that they've mobilized, and they said that they're going to show who they are this November, like, um, because they have all they've, – they've gotten together, and they're – they're saying no tangible, no vote. So we're going to see, yeah. right? So um, even if they have a they have a knack for, for, for research and information as it relates to the Internet and as it relates to social media, and they're able to get stuff out very quickly. Um, so I just wanted to put that out there and kind of give a shout-out to the young people who really are leading this thing. As we're starting to get older, they're, they're – they're in their own way. They're they're leading certain things. So, just wanted to get your thoughts. Well, on that. well, well, it is their it is their time because unfortunately mm-hmm. for Generation X, the civil rights generation did not get out the way, and so thus the Generation X had to move into other avenues to be successful because. Uh, the greatest generation and the civil rights generation did not move out the way 
because they had just got to the suites, and there were still uh, us who were young who were still coming up in the streets, and we we would love your love their empty platitudes and all that. That was nice, but they didn't move out the way. So yes, it is time for the youth to lead the way, and what we do as American blacks on this show is to give context because it has to be a context drawn of Kumala or Kamala, as people want to call her. I call her Kumala, does not live in an isolated bubble. She's not standing alone. There is a through line. There is a context reaches all the way back to 1877 for her and her way of thinking and her mind thinking. So we have to let the youth know that the woman does not stand. She is not isolated. She is not an isolated incident in her thought process and that there is historical context to it, legislation to it, that makes it the way that it is today. So that piece is missing. The historical piece is missing as far as that's concerned. But once they get that piece and they are able to rattle those pieces off, and that is our purpose for them to be armed, for their armor to not have chinks in the armor. Once they have those small piece, that right there will help them to argue exactly. Because sometimes an older person will try to stump you with something that, I'll give you a perfect example. There was a guy in my hometown that had a magazine, and he was talking about why he was Republican. He was a black man, so why he was Republican. And he said that, you know, the Republican Party is the one that, freed the slaves. And I said, yeah, but during the 1960s, the Dixiecrats said that the Dixiecrats, the the Democrats, would never take the South again, and they moved over to the Republican Party. He was stumped. It's it's little, it's just little nuances. Me as a 27-year-old talking to someone that was nearly 40, and they could usually get that off with someone that's probably older than them in their 60s or 70s, they could get that off. And they would say, yeah, yeah. And I brought up that little tidbit, and it stumped them. And he said, yeah, that's true. So it's just the little tidbits, the little extra that makes armor unpenetrable. And that's what we look to do here. So you are right. That is the next generation, and they were fast on it, and they, they were on it, but I wasn't for Kamala when she first stepped out there and started talking because I was done with eight years of Obama and I voted for him twice. Yeah, and 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 I think I, I no I understand what you're saying and I agree with you. But the beauty of the young people is they're not talking anymore. They're, they're not trying to win any arguments. They're done. They said we're finished. No more arguments. Okay. No more discussion. And, and 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 really and really, I I I can honestly say that you know I'm proud of them for that stance. As, you know, to a degree. You know, I, I am. Because when you stand, my dinner, and I'm older you than you. I'm older than you. What's that? 
when you say they're not arguing anymore, they're just taking the stand, what kind of stand are they taking? What do you mean by that? Are you talking about physical stand? Or are you no, 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 no. I don't, I don't think I don't think anybody's openly talking about anything like that. Not not a, not a physical stand, but taking a stand. If we're just, I'm going to keep it on politics. So taking a stand in a political sense, to where you're saying, okay, so if you're running for, if, if if you're part of a party, and I have a and I have a part, you know, part of the vote that could always put you over the top, and you come to me, you've been coming to me for for years and years and years, and I've been voting for you, and then one day I say, you know what? How about I want this? And you say no. And I say, okay, have a nice day. You'll never win another election. And I just walk away. That's the type of steel spine that I think that they have that older and older than yourself, I mean, because I'm older than you, um, that us older people did not have. That's that kind of, that's, that's, that's the, you know, to be able to turn and walk away and say we're, the whole system is illegitimate until we get what we want, or we're going to treat it as such, that's the kind of steel spine that, that we haven't necessarily had that I think that they have. Okay. So so what's the next? So, well, that's between them because everything should be done in stealth and silence, right? Mm-hmm. But you know, things should be done in stealth and silence, so we don't need to know what the next steps are. That's for them to organize and do. But mm-hmm. we make sure we make sure also that when we are on this program that we we steer the people away from the traditional uh, uh, let me see fascist side or the anarchist side or the anarchist side accelerationist side, that we steered them away from coalition with those people because Martin Luther King said, and where do we go from here, that the coalition, the people have to show you something first. And when all this kicked off in the summer, I said that the the Caucasians have to put blood in the game. Because it can't be like it was in the 1960s. But up, lo and behold, it turned around. It's just like it was in the 60s. They co-opted. Now, Black Lives Matter are, are Caucasians talking about no justice, no peace. Yeah, yeah, yeah so, but you have to remember Black Lives Matter was a, is, is a white organization from the start. No, no, no. The, we, we, the, we the founder of Black, Lives, Black Lives Matter have admitted yeah, you don't, you don't, you don't have to go over that. We, we went over that episodes one through fifteen, I think. We we we've been through that already. So the context of that is there already. What I'm saying is that there are still American blacks out there that aren't doing the. I don't know if you say that. Are you from America and just in Canada, or are yep. you? Yep. Okay, so you're yep. from America. So you know the old adage. I'm just staying out the way. The people have to stay out the way of this and let this last these last battles of the civil war between whites go into full fruition into the street and then whomever wins, then we'll start negotiating with them. Because other than that, we need to stay out the way, not join into these organizations because the rich little rich white kids 
that were caught up a few weeks ago, and a lot more of them are going to take their ball and go home and leave you out there in the street. Kind of like the and, and I think that's what they've done. With, that's what I, I think the young people have done that successfully. They, if you if you hear anybody talk about Black Lives Matter, they always say, "I'm down with the concept, not the organization. I'm not down with that organization. I'm down, you know, with the Black Lives Matter, the concept or the slogan, but I'm not down with the organization. We don't fund that organization, and by and large, we're not down with it. I mean, Irritated Genie put them out on blast years ago, man, and it's just been making this round with the young people. So. They they've been they've been good in not joining or supporting in organizations like that. Even though they, you know they're what? in the street and you know these people co opt, we we know how they do. They come out with their signs and all that. But by and large, the young people are not down with that. But I I I agree with you, but at the same time, I don't because of what I see in the street. If I if I didn't see black people in the street with Black Lives Matter T-shirts on, even though they're not the ones from off the internet, they made it themselves, so they've been co-opted on on both sides, right? And if we hadn't played videotape and had videotape of uh, young black of young black men saying that this is not productive for us, you burning this up claiming that you're black lives matter, but you're wearing the T-shirts, but they're still wearing them. If we hadn't had that footage that was recent, then I would say then 100% black people, but we need for once, and this is our point, that for once, 100% of American black people to stand in the American black block and not You'll never get a hundred percent. No, no, no. See, that's what I'm saying. See, see, and words, words bring about life or they bring about death. And what I'm saying to you is, people probably there were some people who said very few, thank God, said we probably will never be off from under that one form of slavery. We will never be from off under that. And glad that more people were pushing to be free. But at this what, point, what, there, is no, there, there is no never or it will never happen because that's what they said about a lot of things. They said hip-hop would never be the global phenomenon that it is right now, that it was a fad I, I, and I, it was going to phase out in the 80s. But it's but, the music and the culture that permeates the globe. Everybody wants to be an American black male or an American black female. So it's never, never is not a good word because it brings about death. No, no, and this is what I mean by it. Let me let me explain. When I say it, it'll never, ha- it won't happen because not because it's impossible, but it won't happen because the effort that mm-hmm. you would have to spend to get. At 100%, Clarence Thomas and everybody else on board, is that worth it because the babies need to be saved? You know what I mean? You do and get as many people as you can on. The rest will come later as things improve. The rest, you know, a lot will come. But how much effort do you spend 
trying to get 100%. That is a lot of effort. So we have to weigh how much, how much benefit you get from the amount of effort. Mm, and that's I, what I, I mean. I thought, I thought we were talking about this was a young people's movement. It would be like Generation X because the old people will be. now. It, it, so, it, it will be, but they have parents. They, they are still black, so they, if you say 100%, it would have to be their parents, any grandparents, any people who are in the conservative party or Republican. You know what I mean? Like, it would have to be. So that's the only reason why I said one, probably not 100%, because it doesn't need to be. Well, Any well, movement or revolution you. has been started by 3.5% of any group or population, 3.5%, and then there's a certain percentage that comes on after a certain – amount of progress, and then there's a certain percentage that comes on after that. And even then, so it's never like 100%. So that's like, so it's like those three percenters in, um, in uh, no, 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 Atlanta, not like that. outside of Atlanta. I'm, <laughs> no, no, I'm just saying, they think no, only three percent actually fall in the revolution. No, it, it's I mean, been that's, a, that's there, was, there was, it was research on all of the other revolutions that have happened, and they came up, the numbers that they came up with was out of any revolution or large movement, of people, approximately three and a half percent is the number that started and got everything going, and then a certain percentage came on after that, and then the masses will come on after that. And so, I mean, it's still the same. It's still the same concept. So I, I, I hear what you're saying, and you know, when when we're talking about the youth and moving forward with the youth, it will be Generation X. And then uh, Generation Y, Z, now they're finally saying Z now. Um, and it will move forward, the millennials, and it will move forward with those groups because the other people, they are nice to hear and they are nice to talk to and they are nice to have information about pitfalls where not to go, which brings us back full circle. It reciprocates back around, right? And I stayed on this hamster wheel with you for a minute so that we could get to this context and this close for today, which is if we're moving forward, the older people are the context that gives us information to build the context. Then we, once we have the context, then we're filling it in moving forward with what we're doing, which is we're moving forward for American black people. We know that the one party is about immigration, so is the Republican Party. They just want the people to be naturalized. Other than that, they're both for, both parties are saying immigration is the future of, of America. There's 22 million African immigrants here. There's only 42 to 44 million of us right now. 22 million of us have been aborted. Thanks, Margaret Sanger and, and the organization that she formed. We would have been 66 million people, so now we're down to 42 to 44 million. We could easily be eliminated down by 22, and letting the African immigrant in, it could easily take up to 44, and the other immigrants. This is what is happening, and this is why we're here to talk about stopping it, and the only thing that we have not done, we have tried everything else. We've gone through a whole 60 hours of two-hour two shows about the various history, and it comes down to the only thing that we haven't done as a people, 
is to stand as a American black block saying reparations, then reparations, now reparations in the future, knowing where are where the deceit and the hate and the beginning of our degradation began post slavery in eighteen seventy seven and it moves forward from eighteen seventy seven and to end that we have to know that history to knock it down and move forward. So thanks for your call. We appreciate you calling again. And people, look, this is what it is. So I stayed on that hamster wheel for a second to go around in circles with the caller because I found it amusing. But his points were valid, but they were just circular argument points. It's, it's a type of argument that you do that is called circular arguing. It's a it's fallacy arguments, right? This will never happen. Slippery slope, you know, a straw man, this and that, this and that. But the circular argument is one of the fallacies, the 15 fallacies, right? English language, knowing that phraseology. So I stayed with it for a minute to get to the full context of it. We have, you got uh, like 30 seconds before I got to close, so go ahead. All right. Um, we had another robust show today, and I do want to um, be encouraging to those of us who are thinking in a, a certain mindset, not to knock anyone else, but it, actually you get more done with fewer people. So not being in the majority of them in a movement is actually a good thing because the more people that you add on, the more personalities you have, which brings in different upbringings, moral, religious values, special interest values, and things like that. So you get more done with less people. That's from biblical history. Gideon beat the army with 300 instead of 15,000. You know, so it repeats over and over again. Less people is less problems and you get more done. All right, people. So we will see you tomorrow with another great episode of Hashtag TFROB by Crazy D with my special guest host, Tanya M. Congress. That's my sister, y'all. And we are out.